Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Round three is in the books, and uh, in recent times, I think that is one of the best rounds of football I've seen. It was close, yeah. There was a lot of close finishes. Uh, there were a few stinky games, but um, overall, yeah, I think it's been the best round we've seen so far this year, that's for sure. Uh, well, I, what are you supposed to say coming out of this one? There's plenty of controversy around the refereeing, especially uh, in the Parramatta versus Manly Seagulls games. There's been injuries plenty again and suspensions they've definitely cracked down this year as far as uh, discipline and any ill shots are concerned they have yeah there's a lot of uh, a lot of penalties the referees are frustrating the hell out of me but um, I guess it's just teething problems at the start of the year uh, it'll just be interesting to see whether they maintain this sort of level of consistency with the rules um, and new interpretations throughout the year because we all know that um, as the year goes on you know they the penalties and and uh, suspensions tend to uh, get less and less or, or reduce just because um, the referees get bored um, you know, and the judiciary uh, you, you know, the penalties seem to be a lot harsher early in the year, that's for sure mm. Alright, well fast five time starting things off, so your highlight your low light, your best player, your worst player and a question you'd like to pose uh, after the weekend uh, starting off with the highlight, it was pretty much what I said on the introduction, it was definitely the closeness of the games, I can't think of uh, a round where pretty much every game was within a try. I think the only one that slipped outside that marker was the Titans, but even them, they wrapped that up late. Well, it was, uh, late. Yeah, it was a try. At the the, end the of Tigers it. game as well, I know that that got back within 10 late, but you'd have to say, you know, Souths was still breaking through, but were just so frantic they didn't get the opportunity, and the, and the Tigers never gave up. But just, just that whole round in general, I thought that's one of the closest rounds of football. Uh, I've ever seen, and if you were trying to have a bet on 13 plus or anything with a line, uh, you would have been in trouble. Yeah, stop gambling. That's my suggestion <laughs> for the week. Um, but yeah, corner scores for the Roosters late. I mean, they were down by I think 10 or 12. I think it was with five to go. I was almost about to turn the TV off because I thought I'd gone down uh, on back-to-back favourites again on Friday. Moylan kicks a sideline conversion on on Saturday afternoon for the Panthers to get them home after a, a nice soured pass uh, to have Naguama score in the corner. Uh, the Dragons, well, I mean, that wasn't a, a classic finish. It was a bit of an ugly game, but they managed to hang on. You got the Brett Morris try, which was an absolute cracker, similar to David Nofaluma from from last year. Same again with New Zealand. They they scraped in. Um, the Cowboys had a few sets on their line towards the back end of the, of the game. And then, obviously, the one that we're going to get into, Steve Maddow scoring on the bill and breaking Parramatta hearts. But, uh, yeah, plenty of close finishes. Yeah, uh, what about you? What's your low light? Uh, low light was the McKinnon injury, obviously. I think that's the one that's on everyone's lips. Um, obviously, thoughts are with him. Hopefully, he makes a speedy recovery and the injury isn't too serious. Um, it'll be interesting to see how quickly he comes back. I know we sort of changed, exchanged some 
text messages today. I, I, I tend to think he won't be back this year. You sort of thought it'd be oh, to start off with three month injury, but to start off with they said a fracture and then that was it. So I thought fractured neck, you know, maybe he's down for twelve months and then now they're talking that they've sent the surgeon down there, they've sent his family down there, they're not sure mm. about the severity and they've they've come out after. So that was before I got the second message, which. I don't know why that wasn't released, along with the first details saying they don't have a time frame, nor will they. They might not know for a couple of months. So. Well, I would have thought season. If I was him, I wouldn't definitely nah. not be coming back and risking it this year. Yeah. My opinion's changed now that I've heard that. But that, yeah. that wasn't part of the, the initial release. I was thinking maybe right at the back end of the year he might yep. sneak back in. No, but that's fair yeah. enough, based on the information that was released, as yeah. you said. For them to come um, out and say we, we may not know for a couple of months the full extent of what needs to be done, well, uh, you'd pretty much put the pen through him, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, the Eels, they were robbed. Yeah, well, that Nothing was my, my low light. I've seen Parramatta lose, but man, my low like light that. is the referees, but in particular Jared Maxwell. Manly had a, a whinge, and he listened straight away and went up to the, the video replay for what they had to say. Yet he flicked Jared Hayne. Yeah. Uh, they scored twice off sideways, play the balls, and then which Parramatta, Parramatta got penalised for? Parramatta really? had one, and they were, he was straight onto it. David so. Gow, wasn't it? Yeah, but there was two. I watched a little montage this morning that was put together. Of Manly. And there was two sideways yeah. play the balls. Both of them were on sets that led to points. Yeah. And the first time the Eels did it, he didn't miss it. So. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, everyone it's that everyone, old conversation, I guess, but that the referees have in their mind uh, that Manly are supposed to win Parramatta of the outsiders. I, and, you know, Matty John said it last night, coaches believe that that's the case. I definitely think it's the case. Mm. Every, everyone knows what the odds are. Everyone knows who should win. Uh, you know, I just... I think there's too much uh, influence had by the media um, in terms of who should win the game. And the way the NRL's gone in the last, particularly the last decade, anyone can win, regardless of the odds. I mean, look at South on Friday night. They were unbackable black caviar odds and they got rolled. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, there's plenty of them that go down. There's at least one around that you think's an absolute shoe in that goes down. Yeah. Um, so, I just don't think uh, the referees should, uh, you know, have preconceived ideas heading into games. It's, are really hurting our game. And, and that was a real black eye for rugby league, I thought, on Sunday afternoon because Jared Hayne, after the game, you know, he said, we uh, we worked our asses off for that for that win, and he was right. They well, deserve to win. I'll tell you what, team. though, they've justified him being angry and rightfully so because they didn't find him. That okay, was, well, that, good, that, yeah. that was what I looked see, at. Then again, I looked at the $10,000 yeah. fine and yeah. said, if they've got a problem with this, really, they'll come out and they'll drill him, and they let it go. And I said, well, you've virtually just... But you that's know. an inconsistency in itself because any other coach or player that comes out and says that later in the year will get fined. Yeah, but they didn't just have one incident there. That little highlight reel I watched, there was three or four, and they even showed hand on ball penalties. Uh, there was a few that Parra got done for that were, you know, there was, there was hand on the ball, no doubt about it, but a lot shorter of a time period than the two that they highlighted from Manly that were let go at critical times. Glenn Stewart on one of them was up with his hands completely off and still on it, and I just thought, well, this is, you know... Oh, uh, very much going the opposite way and uh, I really thought at the end of the day bad goal kicking everyone's pointing to that but they were denied two opportunities that, two two tries from those two sideways play the balls changed the whole complexion of that game it did yeah. big chance of Paul you need to do some more practice son but uh, hopefully Parra are fired up this week for the game of the Barrel of the West because it might be the first one for a while that's actually got a bit of uh, meaning or decency about well, it well they're so, both going really well uh, we'll see how that really? goes but what about your best player of the round uh, I had two I couldn't split uh, Cameron Smith last night I thought he was sensational uh, has a lot of influence over that Melbourne Storm team uh, he was running more last night I noticed he, he Certain teams he seems to uh, get his nose out there a little bit more, but last night most definitely he was um, And the other one was James Tedesco. He's been great the first three rounds, so 
Uh, another one, obviously, was my best player last week, Gareth Widop, again, uh, collecting the three Dally M points in the game against the Sharks. So uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of players in form, and the players in form tend to be the teams, will come from the teams that are on top of the ladder. So um, it's, and it's a lot of teams you wouldn't have predicted to be there, particularly the Dragons. Well, my best player is Albert Kelly, again. And I think if you guys were three from three, he'd have nine Dally M points, but unfortunately mm. you're not. But Well, he's got man of the match in the two wins, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he should have got it in the other game as well. But no halfback should run over 200 metres. He did that the first two weeks. He scored their winner week one or set it up. And then the other night when that game was an absolute Barry Crocker, he took it upon him to score itself, scored a double again, was your only attacking threat and almost got 200 metres again. Not only is he making more than forwards or outside backs in clear space, he's outgaining everybody and he's getting more touches than anybody. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, he's, I think uh, he's the, on another level right now. The Titans are really struggling to implement whatever structures they're implementing up there. I don't know. I'm not really sure what's going on, but it's playing into the hands of Albert Kelly, who really doesn't need a structure. No. He just plays football. He's a classic uh, little man in the game, fast feet, very similar to uh, a Preston Campbell, uh, but he's a little bit bigger, stronger, uh, probably a little bit faster as well. Um, he's probably the modern-day version of Preston Campbell. And, uh, he's been a, a real saviour for the Titans, I think, especially considering that Aiden Caesar was out. That's a pretty big win for us because <coughs> usually Caesar out, we get beat. Mm. Um, oh, well, there's word now as well that they might be getting James Robertson. I think they do need a centre. Takarangi uh, looked better. He's not a centre. He's a back rower. No, nah, but he looked, he looked better the other night than what uh, Maurice Blair has. Well, but if they can pick so. up a player of the class of James Robertson, clean him up, which he's had a probably a problem doing so far. Well, hopefully Albert Kelly, who's his first cousin, uh, and a couple of the other Indigenous boys up there can put him on the right track. And even yep. Preston Campbell is around the club. If they can get him on board, I think that might solve a problem they've got in the outside backs. Yeah, but, definitely. Uh, I think uh, Preston's up there working as the Aboriginal um, officer at the Titans or, you know, in some sort of role with the NRL, NRL up there. NRL so, too. yeah, uh, that'd be probably a good, a good spot for him. I know um, Dave Lydiard, I think, was doing a lot of work with him here at Penrith, but um, unfortunately it, it didn't work out. But... Uh, I'm sure the Panthers are, wouldn't argue the, the fact that he's a, he's a very good talent. That's no, for sure. I don't think uh, anyone argues that. I think he was probably they were probably expecting him to play first grade this year, but obviously circumstances conspired um, to have them move him on. But uh, you know, it happens in rugby league all the time, and uh, how often uh, than not do you see them move somewhere else and play good footy? So mm. hopefully he can get his. <clears> uh, Get his off-field stuff sorted because on the field he's, he's definitely a talent. Well, it's straightforward. He just needs to stop drinking. That's mm-hmm. that's his issue. It's nothing else. Every time he's on the drink, he gets into trouble. So, well, we uh, we've both got mates like that, don't we? Like every, every, it's not uh, rugby league. Not just rugby league players. It's no. uh, people in general, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, every, probably everyone listening also has got a, a friend or a no, you know, all, girlfriend or whatever that, that shouldn't drink. Um, but yeah, he should pull his head in a tap more than once. That's two clubs and numerous incidents and lots of warnings. So third, if this is third times the charm, he needs to really straighten up and fly right. Melbourne or another one, they reckon it's been circling around him. I don't think he'll go there, though. But yeah. uh, if he was to go there and he was to fail, I think that would be definitely be the end of him. But Who did you have as your best? Uh, I just told you. Albert Kelly. Oh, okay. Sorry, had this yeah. conversation. Yeah, Who's your worst player? Worse? I didn't have a worse player. I'm not, real, uh, not a big fan of naming a worse player, but I thought the worst worst game was the Titans-Raiders game. No, it was awful. It was Really, really hard to watch. They both have um, no idea what they're doing with their attack, that's for sure. Uh, the Titans were really bad the week before. Um, Canberra. Caesar out, but Canberra were the one for me. They they didn't really have many players out. Uh, obviously, oh, Papali and Fenton, but that's pretty important. But um, he's gone down there, said he was going to strip them down, they were going to get light, and they were going to play faster. I'm only seeing two things. I'm seeing a lot of movement 
uh, in, oh, actually, sorry, a lot of the same old, same old as far as bashing the forwards in one up. Yeah. And on top of that, just giving the ball to Milford pretty much. Yeah, exactly. just winging it. They look like Brisbane did last year when they were just throwing cut-out passes to Justin Hodges and go and do something with it. Well, I've got a, a few lowlights as well. I mean, the Knights ill-disciplined last night. They were very ill-disciplined. I thought, you know, the referees obviously penalised them, uh, I think, 15 penalties against for the Knights last night, but it could have easily been 25. We were watching the game and getting frustrated just because the game couldn't flow. Uh, and just series of penalties. I mean, they, they were given penalties for hand on the ball. A crowd in the ruck, holding down, uh, lifting tackles. There were several lifting tackles outside of the one uh, with Alex McKinnon, as Cameron Smith uh, noted with the referees that were let go. Mm. Uh, I think there could have been easily... And that's not saying Melbourne was squeaky clean. I mean, there were things that Melbourne were doing that could have been penalised, definitely. But Wayne Bennett said it today, and uh, the amount of... Uh, or the lack of discipline shown by Newcastle is probably the main reason outside of the injury three Mullins. Times. Yeah, mm. exactly, that they're sitting on three. So. Yeah. Well, uh, but the referees, again, yeah, like getting frustrated with how many penalties and stop starters. I mean, the new rules are supposed to be in to, to speed the game up, but we, we tend to be slowing it down again uh, through the amount of penalties that have been given. Yeah, well, my worst of the round was uh, South Sydney and St Burgess, even though St Burgess was probably... Uh, number-wise and influence-wise, their best player the other night, his attitude was horrible. Yeah, uh, They're all like, oh, it's his brother and brotherly love or whatever else. But at the same time, stupid act. He, they, he did it last week. He did it again this week. They're, they're alluring to themselves at the moment and they cost their team. And they don't get into those wars. I know those couple of blokes probably like the war, the Burgesses, but South Sydney definitely don't have that dynamic as a team. They don't have those rough heads like Manly do or... The Tigers, uh, you know, for most people, not really know a lot of players there. Notably, you can look at right now and say, well, I don't really know him. But Tapao got suspended a couple of times when he was at the 20s in the Bulldogs. He's definitely got some fire into the belly. Yeah. Keith Galloway is no stranger to a bit of action. Aaron Woods has shown that he's a fiery character. And James Gavay's, you know, found himself in trouble as well. So they, they're definitely more built again around that aggressive style of play. And it played into their hands because they, they yeah. bashed us for the rest of the game. Yeah, the, the uh, South Sydney went well away from... Uh, obviously the game plan that Michael Maguire would have set uh, and as you said they got into a gutter fight with the Tigers who are built uh, better than South Sydney to uh, succeed in that sort of environment or that sort of game and um, I don't, what do you put it down to? Sam Burgess he, he probably didn't finish the year that well last year well, uh, middle of the year he was great he, he, he's going but he's not helping himself when they said he was banned from the media and all the rest of it I was kind of happy about that I thought good we're not he played get, sensational round yeah, one. I thought, we're not going to get the circus. He did play well again, but he just needs to cut that crap out. Yeah. It's Bro- hurting bro- brother or not, he's got to think about his team. It's not the Burgesses, it's South Sydney. Yes. And they're not in a great spot. English, yeah, not an English went sport. off and he needed to pull his head in and take control. He's the one who made it spiral out of control. Uh, you know, George didn't help out any, uh, any more. Luke's probably... He got binned in the end, but he was probably the only one that wasn't really dishing it out or contributing too much. He was just the unlucky one who gave away a penalty after the ref said, all right, we've had too many, yeah, but yeah. Uh, George is going to be out for a week. Sam's lucky he's not missing any time for the amount of crap he got involved with. They just need to pull their heads in, <laughs> or as much as I'd hate to say it, whether they have the replacements or not, Maguire might want to bench one of them or drop somebody for a week. He's going to have to do something, because yeah. their season needs to get back on track. Yeah, it's especially that the pressure, and as you said, Maguire... You know, he look to make at that, but he's probably thinking, well, I can't because we need to get the W, and well, they're, they're the ones that are going to help us get it. So, no, I'm not disagreeing yeah. with what you're saying. I'm just, you know, from a coach's perspective, he's, he's going to be, you know, you've got the, uh, 
the devil on one shoulder, Something's God on the other. Come, so right? I mean, yeah, which which one do you uh, which side do you go? Yeah, will it work? It's um, round three; they don't have to panic just yet. But I'm telling you, it's it's going to come in the next few weeks if they're still not winning games, and if uh, the Burgesses are pulling the same crap and it's all about them, it's not about the team, and they don't pick up the slack without uh, Kiri and Luke now, mm. and Reynolds is battling with them, not going forward, and English got carried the other night. Well, they're, they're in big trouble. Uh, Freddie Fitler said it um, in the pregame that you know things aren't all rosy at. At South Sydney at the moment, and it's showing on the field. I mean, because a, a team that's happy off the field generally uh, is happy on the field and plays together, and you can see that in their demeanour and their body language. And at the moment, South just look, uh, you know, really out of touch. Um, and yeah, they, they, as you said, they need to get their season back on track. The one note out of that game was a standing ovation to Luke Brooks when he got sin bin. I've never seen a man get a standing ovation. It was brilliant for turning the bin. But he got sin bin for nothing anyway. But yeah, uh, I was still pretty. As you said, he was the one that got shot. And um, you, you want to talk about faith coming back in the way they stood up and the numbers they had out there through the drama they're going through. That they're looking uh, pretty strong prospects now. Great win from the Tigers. They still may fade with a young side, and they may not make the out. I'm still not convinced this early on. But going forward, they've definitely got the youth there to build for a long time to come. Yep. All right. Question of the week. Uh, well, my question of the week is still on South, and are they a top eight side? Burgess, At the uh, moment, George not. Burgess will be missing this week. Luke will be missing. GI is probably going to play. Sam's back. No Kiri. Uh, they're lacking a bit of spark. They're definitely not getting out of their forwards, and these rule changes seem to be hurting their style of play. Yeah, look, at the moment, like it, it, obviously in uh, this situation, at this point in time, no, they're not. Uh, but they're definitely going to be a top eight team, or you would think. Uh, by the end of the season. They remind me a little of uh, the Cowboys from last year. You know, the Cowboys got some injuries, started off poorly, uh, slipped behind and then had to really make a run at the back end of the year after they were tipped to finish top four and even challenge for uh, the Premiership. I mean, it, it happens every year, I guess, South, it's South's turn at the moment, but that was sort of the reason why I left them. I think I predicted them to finish fifth at the start of the year, but that was more just because they, you got injuries and uh, there were a few murmurs coming out, obviously Burgess leaving, uh, yeah, just these things all have a, a little effect, and accumulatively, it's um, seen them slip a little bit. But to answer your question, yeah, I think they aren't at the moment, but I think by the end of the year they will be. Yeah, I'd like to think so, but uh, you know, th- those wins are going to hurt them if they don't pick them up while Luke's out and Kiri's out. I think they're going to battle, well, especially this week. I mean, they've got the Raiders this week. If um, I was going to so say where they're going to finish right now, if they do struggle during this little period, missing those guys and Reynolds. Stays down, the forward pack keeps getting dominated. They'd be lucky to be seventh or eighth in wise. Mm. Alrighty, my question to you: uh, the loser of the night Sharks ga- uh, game this weekend, they're obviously going to go to zero and four. Can either of those teams, whichever one loses, make the eight from zero and four? Oh, that means you, you have to go at least twelve and eight to finish. I'd find it pretty hard to make that decision, not knowing what games are coming up afterwards, yep. as far as schedule is concerned. But based but on what you've seen, I mean, on, obviously we on know what I've seen so far. Out, I, I, I think out. the Sharks are less likely to make the eight than what Newcastle are. Newcastle has still at least got the crux of their team, even though, you know, McK- McKinnon is a big loss, but he's only really playing off the bench. Mullen's their biggest loss, but you look at the Sharks, no Fafita, no Gallon, no Lewis, three state of origin players. Robson's got the facial fractures. You underestimate uh, the amount of stability. Leisha. He brings, they've punted Leisha. Uh, there was more injuries than that. Oh, there were seven missing from their starting line. Anthony Tupo brings a great impact off the bench they're lacking at the moment. 
I think they're going to get more tools back quicker than what the Knights are mm. to make a bit of a run at it. But at the same time, we don't know what Asada is going to bring for them yet. No, that's Supposedly true. there's four players that are going to get uh, you know infraction notices. So. Yeah. And it's warm thin, hasn't it, the Asada thing? And I, I wouldn't be confident of either of them making the finals, to be honest, at this point in time. But yeah. I think Newcastle have got a lot more stability at this point in time, even with the Tinkler dramas than what uh, the Sharks do. I'd agree with that. The only other question I've got for you, Liam Fulton. He's had his second concussion of the year. How long out? Well, I think I watch a lot of the UFC and a lot of the boxing, and usually even if you've had a, a good win, if you've been in a bit of a dust-up, they usually give them a 28-day medical suspension, and they always get a scan afterwards on their brain. And that's that's not saying that that, that person has been concussed? No. Okay. And so he's talking, had multiple concussions. You, so you, you could win a fight by knockout in round one in the boxing, but they still give them a scan days. for their hand, or if they've been hit a couple of times, they still get checked out. It's compulsory virtually to have a head scan. Yeah. Unless you've TKO'd some without being, you know, having a scratch on you. Yeah. They virtually always get a medical check. Uh, they can go back sometimes immediately, but anyone that's been in a fight virtually and taken abroad, even, so, even so. minimal trauma to the head usually yeah. gets a 28-day suspension. He's okay. been knocked out three times in three weeks, mm. twice in one game, which everyone says that if you get repeated trauma in a short space of time is the worst result of all. So yeah. realistically, you so think... So what would you think? For a, oh, I mean, a month at least, obviously. After two knocks in one game, after one, two weeks, weeks ago... I'd be saying a month minimum. Yeah. And he's the one that come out, no offence to him, like a peanut, saying he's not worried about the consequences later on. Yeah. He's happy, you know, he's happy just to keep going for now. I don't think he'd be too happy in 10 years' time when he can't but speak. But that's fine, yeah. The, as you said, the NRL's got a duty of care towards him, yeah. um, his family, his wife. That is a very... I mean, the people that are going to have to look after very him very insensitive thing to be saying out in the public, though. Yeah. Like, I know it is his choice at the end of the day, but... I, the NRL aren't going to just let one bloke trot out there because he says he doesn't care if he's a jelly sandwich in 10 years' time and just keep bashing himself in the face. Exactly. Very silly way to go about his business. But uh, that's the fast five. Uh, we'll jump into our reviews of the games from the weekend. Reviewing round three, it kicked off on Friday night with the Tigers defeating the South Sydney Rabbitohs in a massive upset, 25-16. to 16. And uh, this one was your typical situation here. The favourite, they strolled in for a try within five minutes. It looked like it was going to be an absolute bloodbath, but how do you know it? A wobbly old torpedo kickoff from Pat Richards. Tim Simona slides in. I, there was no intention, really. Uh, it was an awkward four for Greg English, but he ends up KO'd. They go off to the field, and the, the Tigers just stuck it to them. They uh, never took their foot off the gas there, and South just seemed to completely lose all track, and it, it really showed you how important Greg Inglis is to their starting off their sets and their game plan. Absolutely. They uh, they looked a different team without Greg Inglis on the field, and uh, Tim Simona, as you said, there was no intent. He got put on report, obviously, but Greg Inglis went off and uh, didn't return, and uh, South Sydney's whole game plan, enthusiasm, uh, and... Rational thought went off the field with Inglis because they, they just didn't recover. They they never looked in the game. I mean, sporadically they showed glimpses, but they'd then just throw throw the ball out their bum or make an error or or piggyback the uh, the Tigers in the next set with a penalty. So uh, I don't know what to take out of it from the Tigers' perspective. From the Rabbitohs' perspective, obviously they they've got to go back to how they played round one. They were patient. Uh, they were disciplined. They they uh, defended well. The Tigers, um, I want to see them play a, play a team that really sticks it to them. Obviously, they, they played the Dragons round one who got an arm wrestle with them and, and the Dragons came over them late. Since then, they've played the Titans who were absolutely woeful and the Rabbitohs who were absolutely woeful. But credit to the Tigers, you can only beat who's in front of you. And uh, they've, they've picked up 
two wins where they were uh, big underdogs. Well, I'm giving them credit for Friday regardless of G.O. not being there because they played a, a beast forward pack that they're not rated against. And I've got big raps on uh, the young Tigers forwards that have been recruited. And I think I said it to you the other day, if I would have known how dramatic these rule changes were going to be, it would have changed the complexion of my ladder uh, before yeah. we did our top eight at the start of the season. And the more I look at the Tigers, their roster suits the new rules better than what it does, a bigger forward pack. Marty Tapao's fairly mobile. Aaron Woods is a, a big-minute guy who's fairly mobile. Bodine Thompson, Adam Blair. Uh, and then you look at the bench, Simon Afungai, Suaso Sue, James Gavay. They've got big, mobile, aggressive, fast forwards, and they're winning at the moment. Uh, and they've got Robbie Farrah getting a dummy half. These rules suit him to a T. It suits those big boppers to the T, and it's opened up the game for Tedesco and uh, you know, young Luke Brooks. So. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I just I look at the Rabbitohs side that ran out. Obviously, you know, you've got your Joel Reddy in the centres. I mean, he was a player that the Tigers let go of. Um, Takiri on the wing, he's another ex-Tiger. Uh, obviously, Dylan Walker pulled out through injury. Inglis went off the field. Uh, you had Isaac Luke sustain an injury. Uh, the Burgess brothers, as we've previously noted in the Fast Five, they were well off their game. Uh, I don't know what's happened to South Sydney. They... they that first round performance was a, a, an absolute cracker, and, and since then they haven't even been a shadow of, of that. They they really struggled against Manly in round two, and then now this performance. Um, but as you said, I, I mean, I, the player for me that I thought uh, went through without much uh, credit in this game was Brayton Astor. I, I thought it was one of his oh, better performances. Been good the first three weeks. Yeah, yeah, but I probably, for me personally, I, I haven't really noticed it. Uh, but I really noticed it in this uh, this game, the influence he had, and he's playing tough. Well, the, you know, he's, he's having some tough carries. And, last week, and especially round one, I was really impressed with Brayton Astor. Yeah, he's um, really complimenting and letting Brooks, um, you know, just go about his business without too much stress or pressure, which is uh, really helping the Tigers out. And as you said, Robbie Farrow started off the year on fire, and, and these rule changes have definitely suited him and definitely suited the Tigers, especially, you know, when you look at Not their yet. spine. You know, you got Tedesco, you got Brooks, and Astor is the old head who, who does the kicking and, and does some of the cu- tough carries. And then Farah, it's a very skillful, smart, and fast spine. Yeah, but more importantly than anything, everyone was saying at the start of the year today, uh, Brooks was going to struggle because they're not going to get go forward. But the rule changes suit the forward pack they've built, so he is getting go forward. They are laying a platform, and it's letting him and Tedesco run wild. Mm. Bring Simona back in, who I think is going to be one of the best centers in the competition moving forward. He's a dangerous weapon. Nofaluma is dangerous. They've got plenty of strikes. So yep. I'm not going to go off too early, but the more and more I look at him and the more these rule changes have kind of shocked me the first few weeks, uh, depth may be an issue going forward, but if they can stay injury-free, yes. they really wouldn't surprise me if they were you know, a, one of these teams that's there at near the end of the year fighting for a bottom of the eight spot. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's perfect lead into what I was about to say in the fact that uh, yeah. if they can just keep winning now they're going to at least put themselves in the finals race later mm. when the sides improve and, and there's no no doubt that they don't have the best roster in the competition they're, they've got a bottom eight roster no. but if you accumulate points this time of the year and take points away from teams who are supposed to be in the eight like yeah. South well, they're going to find yourself in the race they're going to lose Farrah at origin at best yeah. that's probably the one people are saying Woods might get back in maybe he does but um as far as looking at the rest of it, I'm I'm pretty impressed all around. They, they've got a half this year is actually playing straight. Yep. That's one thing I think that killed them last year and you know made devalued their whole side. Benji Marshall had just completely lost the plot. Yeah. Tedesco is finally back to the level that he needed to be at before his injury. Uh, Simona, not for the luck, said all these guys, and they recruited well. I know a lot of people not a big fan of Tapao and never heard of Gavay, but uh, massively underrated, as is Suasosu and Siamana Fungi. They've got a big mobile side and... Uh, 
Yeah, if they can stay healthy, I think they, they may surprise us near the back end of the season. Yep. But uh, the other Friday night game, what an absolute cracker of a game this was. The Broncos at home, looking to stay undefeated, were beaten on the buzzer by the Sydney Roosters. They were leading 26-18. to 18. They were celebrating with five minutes to go, and my God, did it come back to bite on the backside. Two of us, Ashek, diced through only moments later. And then Mitchell Pearce, they ran that nice uh, you know, two-forward shape. The old truck trailer, just a little bit of separation, and he hit Boyd Cordner, who runs that line so well, coming under there, and uh, they stole it from the jaws of defeat. They did, and uh, I don't know what it is about the Broncos, but every team they've played so far this year, they've they've uh, really had an effect on them. They've made them play really poor. They've made they forced a lot of errors, Brisbane. So you have to give them credit for that. With five minutes to go, as you said, they look the the winners, but the Roosters. That's uh, you know a really amazing. Uh, yeah, get out of jail free. If well, not if get out of jail free card, but I mean that was the classic get out of jail. And uh, the thing that really uh, didn't surprise me, but I was really impressed with, was the fact that even after Brisbane scored that try and went ahead by eight um, or ten or whatever it was, yeah, it, was eight. Uh, it was eight. Yeah, walking back to halfway, they they weren't concerned. No. You know, you could just see James Maloney sort of said, "Well, we're going to kick short here and we get the ball back. We're going to score, and then you know we'll see what happens from there." And that's exactly what happened, and uh, that's why they're. You know, a really classy team, and um, they stay calm under pressure. And uh, they've had a, a few uh, instances. Obviously, round one, they 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 got to kick up the backside. Um, obviously, against the Eels, they ran away with it. But it was another test for them, the Roosters, and uh, they came through with uh, shining colours. Well, if you want an example of the quality of the Roosters team to come back and win under the circumstances, they did. They had only completed 19 sets that game, and they had 32 possessions. Uh, the Broncos, 40 sets, 30 completions, and they won the penalty count 10-3. So the mm. Roosters had everything go against them, partly their own fault. I'm not blaming the Broncos. They played pretty bloody well. Yeah. But that just shows you the quality of the Roosters' side and obviously the attitude wake up after the round one situation. Uh, I still stick by them in saying that. A very disjointed pre-season, though. They've had almost 14 of their players not do a full pre-season due to World Cup or surgery. So they're, they're a bit yes. like Melbourne. I look at their key players, they're just going to get better anyway. If that was round one, they don't win that game. No, they don't win that you game. Know, and that's probably what we were saying in round by, one. By week saying, six... You know, they're, they're progressively going to get better. And, by week six, them and even Melbourne. Melbourne have got three sloppy wins, but yes. Cronk's come back from a shoulder operation. Billy's got two knees strapped and had no pre-season. And Cameron Smith went on a holiday after the World Cup and didn't train at all, so... Mm. I'm not really worried about either of those two. All right, who impressed you? But uh, Brisbane, um, I couldn't believe it. Six all, 12 all, 18 all, and they got away, and then they got them. This was just a ridiculous game, a massive crowd up there. Ben Hunt, um, I'm, I'm not going to draw too much relation right now, but I'm starting to get a bit of a Cooper Cronk vibe here, except Cooper Cronk didn't have the pedigree uh, of Hunt. Hunt was the first ever Toyota Cup player of the year, massive raps on him, ended up playing about 70-something games off the bench, though. They tried to use him as a nine, so it's not really his fault. Uh, that his development's been a little bit slow. He's been underutilised. But now that he's getting an opportunity to actually wear the seven and start week in and week out, he, he won man of the match on Friday night in, mm. in, in a beaten side and played very well. Yep. He scored twice. He's running the ball. He's kicking games, getting a little bit better. And um, he's probably the one who impressed me most. But if, if you want to talk about others for them, I thought Friday is starting to look a lot better. He looks relieved. Uh, of those duties. Corey Parker's obviously handing captaincy much better than what he was. So I thought Gillette was good. And the other one for me that they recruited was Daniel Vito. I don't know what it is. He's a Brisbane boy. I don't know if he's, you know, waited his whole life to wear a Broncos jersey or something, but he seems to be one of those cases at the moment. Yeah. He's, he looks completely revitalised. They're drawing comparisons at the moment with Lottie DeCurie, and I'm seeing it too. Yeah. 
but uh, as far as uh, the, the Roosters were concerned, Sam Moa was the one that he was. Yeah, he was good. He was ridiculous. Yeah. He scored two tries already. He's just an angry little man. He's not the biggest bloke in the world. But my God, he runs the pillar. He does. Yeah, he's definitely. a nutcase. But um, I thought Boyd Cordner was good. The, oh, the, the try at the end. Pierce to Cordner. That was a cracker. Yeah, I thought Cordner him Sheck as well. He's looking better and better. It'll be interesting to see how Brisbane bounce back from that one because I mean they've got away with a couple of close games. Well, it's another uh, good in game. Round one, round two. Now they they suffer that heartbreak, but now they're playing the Dragons at Wynn Stadium. Um, another, uh, you know, it's traditionally a good game between the Dragons and the Broncos. There's right, a bit of history it's, it's there, usually and it's, uh, games, it's usually yeah. a good game. So, but um, um, yeah, I'll right, be interested to see how the Broncos bounce back and uh, the Roosters. Obviously, they've got the grand final rematch to to look forward to, and um, there's already a. A little bit of banter flying around um, ahead of that one, which will be uh, a good game. Yeah, I look forward to watching that one. Saturday kicked off, 4.30. Nice, uh, sunny Penrith day. The Panthers versus the Bulldogs. They won 18-16. to 16. It was an absolute cracker uh, of a finish in Penrith. Wallace and Mansour, late outs for the Panthers. It was their third halves pairing. Uh, they had a 10-0 lead. They looked very, very good. Went in the halftime 10-6. And then the second half just seemed to be nothing but the Dogs. You know, they hammered away, hammered away. The attack looked predictable. It looked boring again. But number one thing I heard in commentary, and I agreed with it, the moment the dogs forwards remembered they were forwards, not a pack of halfbacks, and made a bit of space. Josh Reynolds had room to do what he does best, which is play ad-lib football. Mm. And he set up two tries in the space of five minutes to get him ahead uh, 16-12. And uh, it, it just frustrates me because I know that he, he wants their, their forwards to ball play, but they've got such a monstrous pack. They should just destroy teams. Mm. And then, uh, you know, let their backs have a bit of a go. I know they don't have the classiest back line, but the point got proven in those two tries in that short space of time. Yeah. But uh, as far as Penrith are concerned, I couldn't believe it. I, I thought they'd be flat and out on their feet, but they, they found a way to get down the other end. They got a penalty uh, on the back of a, a set there to get themselves down in the 20, and Jamie Soward railed that 25-metre cutout pass to hit Naguama, who dived over. And I think the story goes, they're all saying that Soward said, oh, yeah, I believe I believed he could have kicked it, but from what I heard, they were talking about what way they were going to kick off, and they he turned around and seen that Moylan slotted it, and he went absolutely berserk on the big screen and looked like a peanut. So mm. good on him. Yeah, well, it was a, an amazing game, a really entertaining one. Uh, look, I thought the Panthers they should have posted more points early. Mm. Uh, they they couldn't, and then I thought the Dogs they had an absolute glut of possession, probably probably from minute fifty to minute seventy, uh, where you know I would have counted they would have had probably twelve or fifteen sets. Um, Penrith probably only had three or four sets in that period of time. Uh, and Penrith just repelled, repelled, repelled. They kept shooting themselves in the foot in the fact that they uh, were making errors coming out in yardage. But Panthers' ability just to defend, um, cover, and prevent the Dogs from scoring, I think it was a great result for the Bulldogs to only score two tries. Uh, Penrith then managed to get themselves back into the game at the end. Um, and, yeah, they, they came away with a victory. And Matty Moylan, what a... What a Crack a kick. I mean, that'll probably give him some more, uh, you know, some more uh, confidence uh, because he's he's been okay since his, his debut, but he's um, slowly developing. But hopefully that pushes him along, and um, he doesn't. We don't need to to, to kick goals. No, slow well, them like that. If they get a back problem and Wallace Torrey's buddy Gorin kicking goals, leave it to the young kid. The two old fellas are starting to struggle with it. Yeah, so well, yeah, yeah exactly. leave it to the young bloke. But as I far mean, as they've had three different halves pairings as well, Penrith. So it's not like they've had consistency yeah, in the, key positions. This is my other thing. I thought Isaac John should have started before Sauer just after the way he finished last year and the way that John played. But I'm giving going to give John a rap for not getting Sauer grapes for being pushed out of that spot because the two times he's come in, he's been outstanding. He so. has been, yeah. 
as far as the dog is concerned, it's typical same old, same old. Their two front rollers impressed me more than anyone, Tolman and Graham. Yep. Uh, I think the rest of them need to take a page out of their book and just do their work, stop trying to be halfbacks. Uh, Clemmer impressed me as well. Big debut Clemmer. I thought when he came on, he had an impact. Yeah, one of sure. one of his best games. He's starting to look be uh, you know look healthy and a bit more comfortable. And Reynolds was uh, pretty good. But as far as Penrith are concerned, Soward set up all three tries. So I think that's obviously a massive confidence booster for him. Um, McKendry, there's been murmurs he's on the way out, but I thought he had an absolute barnstorm. He had 100 metres by half time, which is how you want your front row playing. Mm. And uh, our favourite, Davey Simmons, I thought he was pretty good. He too. was good. He was really. Uh, it's good not very often you're going to find me giving Dave Simmons a rap, but. Uh, yeah, he did all right. But Penrith this week, the Battle of the West against the Parramatta Eels at Parramatta. That's a huge game. First for time players. in a while that this might actually have a bit of a feeling and a decent crowd because yeah. even though they've only won one game, if Parra fans aren't confident in their team at the moment or not enjoying the way they're playing, they're going to be kidding themselves. Yeah, because they're actually the last having, few years. They're having a dig and they've got some attitude back. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching that one. And the Dogs, they've got a home game technically, but it is in Perth against the Melbourne Storm, so it doesn't get any easier for them. But, mm. uh, you know, they've played there a couple of times. They've played them up in Townsville. They've kind of had mixed results. They got one over in the trials, but that was minus a couple of Melbourne's key players. So we'll have to wait and see how this one plays out. But the other Saturday game, this one kind of surprised me. Uh, the Cronulla Sharks, they went down 14-12 to to St. George. It was the derby game. Uh, there's always plenty of feeling, but I kind of felt that St. George looked like St. George from last year. They were a bit clunky. Uh, the attack wasn't as efficient. The points didn't come. They scored twice through Brenton Morris, who you know just made two solo efforts, really. I know the kick from Widdop was good, but all the work was done by Brett Morris, not the kick. And the first one, he, he barged two people over. But they conceded two pretty soft tries. John Morris got over once from dummy half and the other one on a bit of a break of a play. But uh, I, I just, I don't know. It didn't didn't have the, the typical feeling of that game for me as far as the Derby's concerned. It was close, but yeah. And Todd Carney just tried too hard. You know what I took out of this? That uh, the Dragons have played their first two games in uh, daytime weather. Uh, they played at ANZ Stadium Sunday afternoon. They then in played the dry, in Auckland yeah. um, in the dry on a Saturday afternoon. It, it's amazing the effect it has, um, you know, dry weather football in, in order for teams to execute their plays and post points. And I mean, the Sharks love it because traditionally they're not the greatest attacking side Um out there, you know, with, in the NRL anyway. So I think it was a bit of a leveller. I think St. George are clearly um, better. I mean, roster-wise at the moment, the Sharks have got, you know, probably five of their um, better players out. Uh, the Dragons, they've got pretty much their full complement. So it was an important game for the Dragons to win. They're three from three. Um, again, I'll probably question who they've played, but, uh, you know, they've played, obviously, the, the Tigers who... You know, they were okay round one, but they then played the Warriors and then the Sharks with no one. So mm. I'll be really interested. I think that Friday night game, we got two crackers on Friday night. Um, but for the Dragons, I, I more took out that I thought Gerard Beal was great. He yeah. really impressed me. He, he played tough. Went up again. Um, Sam Williams had a shocker. He looks like he's lacking confidence. Um, but Trent apart Merrin. from that... Oh, Trent Merrin, he's playing the best footy of his career. Yeah, you know, the other one, Ben Cray. Ben Cray looks a bit... Yeah, he, they moved him back to the edge, which I think... Um, it's helped him out a little bit. He's, the amount of carries he had, I'd like to know how many running metres he had on the weekend because he he was brilliant playing on that left edge. And the other one for me, I like Mitch Rain a lot. I don't think he's getting enough credit for no, what he's well, doing. No, yeah, in that spine, I mean, you've got Quinlan, who's, again, I think him and Rain are underrated in that spine. I know, I know Widop's getting a lot of the plaudits. Um, Sam Williams, I thought, as I, you know, as I said, struggled. 
Um, but yeah, Mitch Rain, he's really developing nicely. Mm. Well, for Canola, I've got to give a rap to Ashford. I know they didn't get the result, but I thought he did a great job on Widop. He made 28 tackles did, as yeah. a centre. He got in his face. I uh, really tried to shut him down. I thought Carney's kicking game was pretty good to help him out, but I thought him in general, he struggled without Robson. Robson's kind of his yeah. security blanket. Obviously, they're missing three international forwards, so they're lacking a bit to go for it as well. But uh, besides those two, I thought Wade Graham and Tupo Sopawonga, who got a start, I thought he was pretty good as well. He was so, good, yeah, the big fella. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty handy player. But What about the old grab on the wheels? Yeah, during this one. Tinnery Arona. Arona. Apparently he got off too. He's got no charge for that one. So It looked like a Jason Stevens wedgie, but oh, he's grabbed him on the belt. It was a combo. He, wow. he went the old hopper as well, but he also got a handful of nuts. So mm. He did the double whammy and didn't even get punished for it. Exactly. He had two dips at the bowl, so that's a bit random, but have to see uh, what happens in the future. But you can't be doing that. That's just that's not cricket. Jason no. Nightingale wasn't too happy about it. I'm surprised he didn't get up and try and strike him. Yeah. He went for a double feel, but you yeah, got to buy every right. We'd have to buy me dinner before you got two cops like that. But yeah. uh, the other, last game on Saturday was uh, the Cowboys at home to the New Zealand Warriors, and uh, I can't stress enough how much the Cowboys and the Warriors both just make me angry. Yeah, and it was a game I sort of stayed away from on the punt. Um, I, I just felt the uh, the Warriors would. Um, we're going to pull one out of the hat eventually. Uh, and this one, I mean, the Cowboys probably should have won at the end. We obviously, the, the winger fell over, um, trying to go in and score. But uh, frustrating, frustrating. I was, I was big on the Cowboys at the start of the year. Um, I was pretty big on the Warriors as well. But, I mean, it's only round three. Uh, I know, still obviously... I think the Cowboys in particular are still adjusting to the, the, the way the Paul The Cowboys annoy me more than anyone because as much as we say it's only round three, they lose their two front rowers and their halfback to origin. Mm. And that's not a good thing. And they always do it every year. They leave themselves in that position. They've whinged two years in a row, and I'll give them credit. They have been screwed over in the finals. But stop leaving yourself in the position to get eliminated week one. They should be finishing higher with the roster they've got. Yeah. But uh, You're not going to get any argument out of me. I mean, really, really the Warriors are very similar. Very but, similar. Uh, I thought New Zealand, their halves early on were very, very good. I thought Townsend in particular. They finally had their forwards going forward, so they, they got to kick on the run on the back of that. Uh, they got two tries. The kick pressure was great. Uh, you know, then obviously, like you said, when Stein decided to trip himself over, you know you're not going to have a good night when that happens to you. Uh, well, I could not believe that. That would have left Thurston with a sideline conversion to win it. Yeah. Um, he, he redeemed, which he would have slotted. He redeemed himself not long after. But what bothered me after that, they got back in it. They had six penalties in a row, a million opportunities, and they made an error. Mm. So that they, it just kind of looked the whole way that, you know, they were just going to be a, a step short for the whole game. Hurrell got brought back in. I was happy to see that. It he, was good. He used him as a back row, the big man. He made. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A massive break, and then he did a barge over, and typical Kiwi style, they got another barge over not too long after, so mm. playing to their strengths. And at the end, there, they switched off as they typically do, and the Cowboys threw the kitchen sink. Tarek Sims got a broken nose for his trouble, and felt scored one to bring one back. And they had another one of those Lynette moments. They thought they won the game on the buzzer, and the replay showed that he was out, <laughs> and I uh, felt winning again, so. Mm. Just continues, but for New Zealand, it was mainly the forwards for me. I thought uh, Lilliman, 
and Rapier were absolutely brilliant. And uh, Hurrell was good off the bench as well as the halves. But for the Cowboys, uh, Scott, I thought he was pretty good. Tarek Sims was pretty damaging and felt. But overall, I'm, uh, I'm pretty disappointed. Yep, I would agree with that. I mean, there's not much more to take out of the game. Obviously, they're uh, they're both now one and two, and they're teams who we predicted to finish in the top eight. So they've got they've got a lot of improvement to yeah. do. But they're only one game off 500. 500 this time of the year is not a bad result. So they'll both be looking to, looking to post wins this weekend. I mean, the Tigers. I think they play. They play. Uh, the sorry, they play the Tigers. The Warriors over in New Zealand. That's probably a game that they would be expecting to win. And the, the Cowboys go to the Gold Coast. Um, the way the Gold Coast have been playing. I mean. The Cowboys play anywhere near their best. They should. Well, they should win. But the Titans have still got um, more wins. So. Yeah, they do. I, I mean, yeah, they, they've both got to try and get to five hundred this yeah, week. I tell you what, then. for all the talk they've done about their defense, I'm not believing in the Cowboys right now. Yeah, it's only really. They've gone. Oh, they've changed the defensive structure. Their will seems just to be shot. You don't let anyone barge over from five meters out that easily. That was just that was horrible. Mm. They should be ashamed with that. Uh, the first Sunday game, Manly versus Parramatta. This game was a cracker, but I thought Jared Maxwell ruined it for me. I <laughs> no, really did. I'm, I'm still fuming about it, to be honest, because it was an awesome game. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to stop for a moment and give rap to it. it was Nathan Peets, that bloke, just showed no respect or He was giving as good as he was getting. But all, all, all I can say, though, is that's how you've got to approach everybody. Some of these teams, or some of the, like, you know, they're a bit under strength or they're under merit. I know it's hard not to be, I don't know, say in awe or feel that you can't dish it out. Nathan Peets, he said he was going to prove he was an NRL player when he left South Sydney. Mm-hmm. I know it's only been two games, but my God, he's more than proved that he deserves to play. Uh, as a starter in the NRL. Well, no, we never had any question mark over it. No, well, I, I was ha- when he you re- always impressed us at South. When he when he first re-signed last year, and they said he was there for another three years, I couldn't believe it. I was like, you're getting five minutes. Yeah, you're still sitting there. I'm sure the contract's good, but sure, there's somebody out there that needs. There's plenty of teams that needed a hooker. And, yeah, but it was MIB questioning it because he wasn't Money in the uh, bank. Yeah, but they were questioning him probably because he wasn't playing many minutes, mm. but. Parramatta took the gamble, and my God, I tell you what, I'm, I'm, super, well, to. I'm very happy that he left, and I'm, he, he, I think he's going to be very, very good for it. But Foran pulled out, uh, Glenn was back in, Eels was super aggressive. Uh, I think early on they kind of shot themselves in the foot. They tore him apart, they had some line breaks, but they, they just, just couldn't finish. They just blew chances, they, they, you know, man, they kind of held on. The Eagles are very sloppy. Uh, I think they were reeling. You, you don't realise how important Foran is to balance out that halves pairing. He does a lot of that organising work. I know we give Cherry Evans plenty of raps for being a great ad-lib footy player and a top-notch bloke, but uh, he definitely showed or kind of showed on Sunday that he's probably not the one doing uh, as much as the planning as Ballon and uh, you know Kieran Foreigner as far as steering that side around and letting him play off the back of it. But no, I'd agree with that. Overall, I, I really do feel for Parramatta. I really do. Yeah, I they, thought, um... they lost the penalty count 10-4. Two of the tries come off sideways, plays the balls, and the moment that Gower played his ball sideways, the, the whistle was blown. Mm. And uh, I'm not not going to... God knows, the game could have played out differently. You could say to me, oh, yeah, take the two tries off. Could have been different. Things could have been different. I'm sure they could have been, but at the end of the day, two of them. Two mm. of them got let go. Two of them went to tries. And the moment Parramatta did it, bang. Yeah. Penalty. And it got him at the end of the game there when it happened again. Like the last gasp thing, that, that's got to hurt looking back at it this week. And... Like I said, they waived Jared Haynes' ten thousand dollar fine, and to me, that just pretty much reeks of guilt. Like, okay, yeah, it does. We did, we did stuff up, so we won't fine you. Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, I made the point earlier that I think that he should have been fined. You know, if you're going to be consistent with your rules, and that's what we all want, he should have been fined. Um, and then the referees should both be sacked. I don't blame him for blowing up, and I think Jared Maxwell should be dropped this week. And no, I just think I don't. I don't. I've got absolutely no problem with what Jared Hayden said. But if Neither. you've got rules, I would have lost the plot too. If you've got rules, you need to 
stick by them and you need to enforce them. And, and if that's the case, Haynes should have been fined. And, you know, I, I agree with most of the stuff he said. It was made in a public um, domain. It was obviously made back page news. It's not a good look for the game. But in the way that I would have responded in terms of, you know, if you, like you say, the NRL is basically admitting guilt by not fining him, well, I'm we'll drop the referees. What, what, because what, I'm, I'm just, I'm really sick. I mean, and, and last night's game was another one. Uh, the Monday night game, it was ruined by the referees. Just the lack of consistency on the field with, you know, decision making. You'll see one penalty where they penalise someone for having a hand on the ball. And then for the next 10, 15 minutes, you'll see five or six instances exactly the same that aren't penalised. Yeah. So I think the referees is going to be short-term pain for long-term gain. If they're going to, if they're going to uh, try and enforce all these rules, they're going to go the Bill Harrigan style and they've just got to blow the pee out of the whistle for a couple of weeks yeah. and hammer absolutely every instance of the of the things that they're trying to stamp out of the game. Mm. Because at the moment, the coaches are just going to go, well, you know what, stick your hand on the ball. We might get the odd penalty here or there, but we're still going to slow down 80% down. of the rucks. And it's just... They're having an each-way bet. There's too much grey area in the rules. And I've got no problem with the rule changes or whatever they want to implement, but they need to stick by them and they need to, to stay strong on them and they need to be really tough. Yeah, like well, implement them and Greenberg Greenberg's comments bothered me, saying, oh, they make a lot of decisions. I get that. And he said that they're yeah, bound... of course they yeah, do. But he, he said so to play He said the typical thing that just burned me. He goes, they're bound to make a mistake. They did not make a mistake. They made, they made several. multiple mistakes. Yes. And it was against one team. It didn't even out. No. They all went against Parramatta. And they were all laughing at the goal kicker. I'm not laughing at the goal kicker. They got given two tries off two sideways play the balls. And yeah. there's a couple... Other, they had a highlight reel of about five bits of video... Yeah, they didn't have one bit of video. They had five things in a video. Yeah, so I'm, um, you know, to come I mean, out and say Brad that, Arthur, yeah. that, that's uh, that's not going to help him this week. Obviously, no, well, he needs to address the credit, issues. Full where... credit to him for how he handled it. He said, "I'm not, you know, not going to make excuses." He felt they were wrong, but guess what? Yeah, it's gone now. It's time we know we played Next pretty week. well. We didn't play good enough though, and we're going to. They've got a fairly short turnaround. I mean, once you've sort of done a dusted Sunday night, you wake up Monday, um, you do your review, and it's Tuesday, and uh, you're playing Penrith on Saturday, so it, it doesn't have enough time to sort of worry about it too much but yeah well um, for Manly that they might be missing four and again which is probably going to hurt when they play the Roosters because the Roosters look we yeah. said slowly but ominously building that win would have been a massive confidence booster to drag that one out of the fire but I thought uh, Matai was pretty good for them yeah. Hiku uh, Watmau was okay Terry Evans you know he kicked the winner there, but I didn't think he was all that great, to be honest. Everyone's, oh, he missed his PIC, didn't he? Everyone's still uh, patting him on the back, but I think, you know, that's just too much love because he's so highly respected. He's a great player. But he, like people like Ballon, that, again, I think underappreciated for them. And Semi Radrara got the man of the match in a losing <laughs> side. That looks free. Yeah, he was good. Can he play for New South Wales? Oh, let's hope so. Um, this is another, like, Uade kind of situation, but my God, I don't yeah, care if good. they put him in the front row. That bloke's a beast. That one uh, impressed me. Uh, there was a few. I thought Jamie Bureau again. We gave him up last week. I thought he was really good again off the, off the bench. I thought Willie Tong had a great game. He was the next name I was about to mention. Nathan Peets. Uh, Kenny Edwards and uh, Penny Terrapo. I thought Penny Terrapo made a and really Mau. big impact. Oh, I love, Mau. I love Mau. Mau's just an angry man. That bloke's got a screw loose. But, I mean, when you look at their back row in uh, Manu Mao, Kenny Edwards, Kleppi Tanganoa, Penny Terrapo, they're all tough. Yeah. Really tough, young. I think I said it to you last year, I was bothered by the second tier cap, which I'm glad changed, because Kenny Edwards, I was watching him play New South Wales Cup, and there's a difference when you're playing well there and when you're dominating. And it was ridiculous, the standard that he was playing down there. And mm. he, he deserves to be in first grade. But uh, Definitely. looking forward to the Barrel of the West this week and that grand final rematch. But the other Sunday game almost put me to sleep. Uh, Canberra versus the almost. Titans, 24-12 to there at GIO Stadium in Canberra. And 
Uh, again, I've just got to do it. 45 sets, 38 completions, Canberra, but they did nothing with the ball. Absolutely nothing. It was pretty much hit up, hit up, hit up for a block play to Milford, do something with it. Yeah. Hit up, give it to Milford, hit up, give it to Milford. Terry Campisi twice took the line and almost scored, didn't go back to it. Yeah. Uh, Jack White, I'm sorry, I think he's an outstanding player, but I'm sticking to what I said. They brought him down there and SG Ball as a 5'8". They said that he was one of the best recruits they'd found in an age. They didn't make the finals. I know that's only under-18s, but if that's saying something going forward, they stopped playing him at five out there, put him in the centres, found out that he hits like a truck and he runs the ball like a champion. So why is he back playing five out? Mm. Ricky Stewart's persistent with it, but my God, Jack Ahern, a fullback who they've got there, is probably a better ball player uh, and virtually played five out while he was there, sitting in Queensland Cup, and Mitchell Cornish, the pair of them, Junior Kangaroos are sitting there. One of them surely can play six. I'd love to see Jack Hearn play six in first grade. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Jared Croker, he impressed me out of this game. Yeah, uh, Jared well. Kennedy, I thought he, he did a good job on that right edge. He was and, brilliant. Uh, he broke tackles. He was dangerous. Paulie, uh, Paulie Vaughan, he was solid. Um, for the Titans, Nate Miles made over 60 tackles, which was Carter uh, quite incredible. Paul Carter was great. Obviously, Albert Kelly um, and Greg Bird again, playing yeah. with a busted shoulder. Obviously, probably with a needle. Uh, but this game was just... It was, it, was, it was also good to see James back. I thought he had about 10 carries in his short stint out there. It's going to take him a little bit to get those minutes under his belt. He was playing big minutes at the back end of last year when he was fit. Uh, yeah. But for a first hit out, to have 10 carries in a short space of time, I was pretty impressed with well, him. We, well. we need a point of difference in the forward pack. You, you need can't him, have yeah. Luke Bailey sort of starting the game um, the, and relying on him. Not much to be said about this one. It was awful up until the end there where Kelly stole it away individually. And Like I said, if they, if they would have won all the three of their games, he'd be sitting on nine points in the Daly M count right now because he's, yeah. he's been an absolute superstar as well. But uh, this week, Canberra plays South. Usually you'd probably look at this one and say they're going to get bashed, but uh, there know, Souths are missing a few. And if they pull back the form they played with the first two weeks, when I thought they looked pretty good, yeah. uh, I don't really know what happened the other night, but if they can play like they did the first two weeks, they're in with a chance. Uh, the Titans at home to the Cowboys. So Queensland Derby, they're usually always good games. So fingers crossed, they could be three from four, mate. You might have something to smile about. Oh, it's a long season. It's a long, it's a long season. season. I mean, re- realistically, you've you've beaten the Sharks, who had no one. You've oh, beaten well. Canberra, who should have beaten us, and you've got smashed by the Tigers. So, uh, I mean, yeah, this will be the, obviously the litmus test, Thurston, and they usually lift. You know, any Queensland, Queensland derby, games, always yeah, they're always um, you know. Yeah, games where you, you sort of know where you're at. They're semi-final type uh, intensity. Yeah, well, the round wrapped up Monday night uh, down at Amy Park there in Melbourne. Melbourne again, uh, not the best, but you know they know how to win, don't they? Twenty-eight twenty, they got the job done. Winning's a habit, and, and they're uh, in uh, a winning habit. Well, all, all I really got out of this one was Newcastle and Wayne Bennett summed it up: penalties and poor discipline. And they've been in every game they've played so far, regardless of who's been out. But just, yeah, very, very poor in that regard. I think their, their forwards were poor the first two games last night. I didn't think they were that great again. Mm. Uh, I feel bad for Tyron Roberts. He, he had a few moments like he has in every single game, but they're not laying the platform for him. He doesn't have Boyd helping him out. He doesn't have Mullen helping him out, but he was really the only Newcastle player probably besides Rocco that impressed me. Uh, the Storm, like I said, the big three, no preseason, no games, no nothing under their belt. They're slowly but surely coming into their own. Uh, they've got a brand-new left edge with Hampton, Fanua and Tonamapia, it's kind of worrying me that they're leaking so many points, but much like last year when they blooded McLean, Bromwich, these kind of blokes, it's going to take time to get them into the system. Uh, you know, They're slowly going to get better, but in particular, and you pointed out like I did, their edges have been really bad. Their decision on the edges, they've been pulled apart a few times. Mm. Yeah, so, I agree with that. Um, I thought last week Melbourne defensively were really good against Penrith. Uh, last night concerned me a little bit, uh, but... 
I mean, Newcastle... I thought Newcastle got away with a hell of a lot in the ruck. I thought Newcastle got away with a hell of a lot uh, in terms of just niggle. Well, Kurt Gidd at um, one point tried to fight Tom and put on his back on the ground when they had three. Like, just yeah. little crap like that. Like, I mean, I, I just thought the refs last night were, they lost were rubbish, man. They, they were rubbish and they ruined this game. I thought it could have been a really good game. You know, um, Newcastle looked like they were going to play some open footy. Um, mm. They threw, threw the ball around a, a little bit early and... Um, you know, a sign of the respect that Melbourne had for Newcastle was in the fact that they uh, piggybacked them down the field and Melbourne took the two. I mean, you won't see Melbourne take the two against anyone very often. Mm. Uh, so I just, it looked for me like on paper and from the start of the game that it had the uh, potential to be a really entertaining game. But I mean, when there's 20 odd penalties in the game, it just it saps the game of any flow. Um, it, you know, you don't, you don't get as much fatigue, which means the game doesn't open up as much. It's more wrestle and ruck and that's sort of what we're seeing at the moment uh, Melbourne just they're just too good they're yeah, too well, good um, I mean maybe you know teams go past them at the end of the year because they improve but you know if you get Melbourne uh, you just you know they're gonna, you're going to be in for a game look at Penrith last week I mean they went down there Penrith busted their backsides and, and didn't come away with the result Manly led them by 20 at half time and Melbourne fought back Melbourne just play 80 minutes every week and that's why they're in the top top four, year after year after year, and this year will be no different. Mm. Well, they're playing the Dogs away at Perth uh, this week. Look forward to watching that one. They usually have some good clashes, especially after 2012. There's been a bit of heat between uh, those two and Newcastle at home to Cronulla. The two winless sides, somebody's got to get one up. With the mm. Tinkler drama, they've got three internationals out Cronulla and the Asada drama, pretty much flying around, but I, I still kind of think uh, there's a little more stability with Newcastle, so you this has to be the week for them. They have to get one on the board. They do, and, yeah. Uh, as all people in the NRL and rugby league community, we'd like to send our best wishes to Alex McKinnon. Nobody, uh, any, especially you know people like ourselves who have played the game or anyone who watches the game, wishes that kind of injury upon anybody to do uh, with a neck or spine. So hopefully it comes through all good. Hopefully uh, when they get the, the full extent of the injury and results, as they've said, it's the C4, C5 vertebrae, but they're not quite sure what measures they're going to take yet. Hopefully... When that day comes, uh, it's nothing but positives, and at some point in the future, we see him back on the football field. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But uh, we'll leave that for now, and we'll move on to our sporting bet correspondent, Andrew Brown, who's going to play our Pick the Lions games, brought to you by sportingbet.com. For all the latest rugby league gear, heading to Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield, and Campbelltown Mall Store. Or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. Fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and legends. Alrighty, we welcome back Andrew Brown from sportingbet.com. And how'd you go over the weekend, brother? Uh, up and down, I guess. I didn't have any uh, luck on the horses. I'll give you that um, as a tip. Uh, but, uh, yeah, a l- l- little bit of joy um, with uh, the league. I was, I guess, um, pleased that Manly managed to score that last minute try and get off the, oh, top of the heels because that would have been very embarrassing for me. Yeah, well, Jared Maxwell, he should be refereeing New South Wales Cup this week, hopefully, <laughs> after that effort. So we'll see how that one pans out. But I'll throw it to Brock now. He's going to do his usual, take us through the games and try and be a betting expert. So oh, let's see how he goes. I'm a, not a gambling expert <laughs> yeah. at the moment. I'll give you the tip. Um, Lewis has got me two and one in the lines. Picked the lines. I won the first week, got a little bit cocky, and the big fella's come over me the last two weeks. So um, we'll kick it off Friday night. 
um, in round four, the grand final replay. The Roosters up against the Seagulls at Allianz Stadium. Uh, I've got the Roosters as favourites by three and a half points. Yeah, I've got the Roosters minus five and a half. Uh, yeah, that's one for Louis. There, we've gone up uh, six-point favourites for the Roosters at a dollar forty-five. Manly two dollars seventy-five. There's actually um, already been a bit of money for the Roosters. That line's now six and a half. Wow. Yeah, I'm loving it because if Kieran Foran's out, I think they're going to struggle a little bit. All right, this is a line we're going to split. We both had the Dragons minus one and a half for their game against the Broncos at Wynn Stadium on Friday night. And, and this is why you could both get a job at Sporting oh, Bet. Uh, the line is one and a half on that game. St George, a dollar eighty favourites. Brisbane, two dollars and two at Sporting Bet. You probably think that if that game was at Suncorp, you could flip those odds around. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty much I think the, our thinking. Um, on Saturday afternoon, the first game, three p.m. over at Westpac Stadium in Wellington. Uh, the Warriors they take on the West Tigers. I've got the Warriors as favourites by two and a half. Yeah, I wanted it's a tough to, one. This one, I, I almost had it at one and a half, but I couldn't help myself but think it's over there. So I went minus four and a half to New Zealand. Yeah, another one for Louis there. Ugh. New Zealand five and a half point favourites, a uh, dollar fifty three. West Tigers two dollars fifty. The game in Wellington, you think possibly there'd be more Tigers fans? What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well they've got plenty of Kiwis in their side at the moment. There's no doubt about that. The whole forward pack, uh, Simona and Offaluma. There's a couple of. Kiwi boys in the lineup. I guess if Benji was still playing, there would be. Oh, um, Benji, bro. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other game, or the second game on Saturday, the Penrith Panthers take on the Parramatta Eels at Pertex Stadium. That's at 5.30pm. Uh, I've got the Panthers here as minus four and a half favourites. Uh, well, I, I definitely think the Panthers are favourites, but I like what I've seen of the Eels, so I've gone two and a half just because it's at Parra. Going to make it tough here today, Brock. Oh, Louis mate. takes another one. Yeah. Penrith, two and a half point favourites, a dollar seventy. Parramatta, two dollars fifteen. Um, so yeah, there you go. Bang on again. Sweet. It's got me rattled. All right. Pity I, pity I can't win when I bet. Yeah, exactly. I can win at this, but I get nothing. For yeah, it. and then he never wins the lines. <laughs> They're always my line. That's what happens. Um, but uh, the Bulldogs, the other game on Saturday night, they take on the Storm. They've moved their home game to Perth. God knows why they'd pick the game against the Storm, but that kicks off at 7.30, uh, 4.30 Perth time, 7.30 Sydney time. Uh, I have the Storm as favourites by five and a half points. Yeah, I've got Storm by seven and a half. You get one back, Brock. The Storm, five and a half point favourites. Melbourne, they're $1.53. Canterbury, $2.50. All righty. Uh, the first Sunday game, the Rabbitohs, they've taken a game. Oh, no, it's not. It's at uh, ANZ. I'm on drugs. Okay. Nice. <laughs> uh, the Rabbitohs versus the Raiders, Sunday, 2 p.m., ANZ Stadium. I've got the Rabbitohs as favourites by six and a half. Yeah, I've got the Rabbitohs by seven and a half. They're eight point favourites, the Rabbitohs. thirty-eight at Sporting Bet. Canberra, $3.05. And I've already got this in the bag. Yeah, you've won. Really, you've won for the week. Congrats. Um, right here. Uh, the Knights, they take on the Sharks at Hunter Stadium, 3 p.m., kickoff. On Sunday afternoon, I've got the Knights as two-and-a-half-point favourites. Yeah, this one, it's a bit of a chucker, but they're at home, and I think missing the three international forwards still hurts the Sharks a lot more than Newcastle. I've got a minus four-and-a-half. Uh, yeah, the Knights, minus six-and-a-half. Yeah. Uh, they're $1.45 favourites. Cronulla, $2.75. Alrighty, the final game of the weekend. Uh, the Titans, they take on the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Uh, I have the Cowboys as favourites by four-and-a-half. Yeah, well, I don't trust either of them as far as I can throw them, but purely because <laughs> it's that uh, Titans home game, I took the Cowboys minus two and a half. 
You get one back there at the end, Brock. They're four-point favourites. The Cowboys, $1.60 at Sporting Bet. Gold Coast, $2.35. Oh, I got smashed. Five, five to two. Five, two. And we split one. Yeah. Wow. And he takes the lead, 3-1. I'm feeling a little bit rattled with my gambling. I'm going to lay off this week. I've got to be honest. I'm feeling good now. <laughs> Confidence is back. I'm going to have to have a crack. We've got a couple of promos that might entice you to have a bet. Yeah, let me let me know. For feed the beast. <laughs> well, for the grand final replay on Friday night, uh, if your team scores 12 points or more but loses, uh, you get your money back. Uh, so we gave money back uh, on both games last Friday night mm. uh, with that promotion. And um, with the St George-Brisbane game, if your team leads at half-time but loses, you get your money back. So there's two uh, great specials at Sporting Bet for think, those Friday um, night games. By memory, I think you gave the money back the week before too on the Friday night games because yeah. both teams scored. I was say, scored twice. Friday so. night seems to be that night, doesn't it? Well, the, it's always the, very the previous. But the only reason I know is because I had my back both of them the week before and both got rolled. I think it was South got rolled by Manly and uh, I can't think of what the other game was. The Cowboys got rolled by Brisbane mm. and I backed both the Cowboys and the Rabbitohs and got my money back. So I was happy. But then, then lost it all the next day. So, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, well. Well, I think there's a pattern to develop here. Friday nights and sporting bet, they were just meant to be. If you want your cash back, have a splash on Friday night. Uh, big thank you, as always, Andrew, and for everybody out there, there's no better bet than a sporting bet. So get on to sportingbet.com and have a crack. Thanks, fellas. Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. He's back, Mr. Gossip, and I believe there's been uh, a few hot tips coming in, mate. Yeah, it's been pretty busy this week on the email, so um, yeah, a bit to talk about this week. Tops. Brilliant, mate. Hit us up. What do you got? All right, we'll start off with the naughty boy, James Roberts. Now, it looked like he was finding a home out at Penrith, but unfortunately, as we all know, he's got the punt. Now, I can tell you that the Bunnies, they did punt him, obviously, before he went to Penrith, but but uh, they were keen to have him. Uh, but he said no to the Bunnies and to the Bulldogs, and it looks like he's off to the Titans. I was going to say, if he went back to the Bunnies and they got Blake Ferguson after his ankle injury, what a pairing would that be? They'd be the most talented yeah. but drunkest centres they've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Titans, are, the Titans need him because their outside backs have been fairly ordinary. They're lacking a bit of spark, so he'd be a good fit for the Titans. Yeah, well, he's Albert Kelly's cousin as well, and there's a few other Indigenous blokes up there as well as Preston Campbell, so hopefully they can uh, do something and get him on the straight and narrow. Mm. Yeah. All right, boys, look, I'll skip to the main topic of, of the past week and what everyone's talking about, and that's um, Tedesco. Now, my mail is that he will stay a Tiger. Now, we've got to remember that his, his uh, manager, Sam Ayub, is also the manager of Farah and a few of the other boys. Yeah, I know Farah was on bended knee with Sam Ayub, uh, begging for uh, Tedesco to stay, in, and he will stay, boy. So, good news for the Tigers. Yeah, he, he, so he should. I think they've, they've stuck by him through the injury, so it's probably uh, only fair that he sticks by them. Um, in this sort of situation, so yeah. and he's, he's got a good combination with Brooks and Farrah cooking there, and they're a fairly young side, so it makes sense. On top of that, he come out of that junior pool as well, so uh, along with Brooks and uh, you know Aaron Woods, a couple of these blokes that have all played in the local area, it'd be almost like a bit of a Penrith setup. They're pushing through a couple of juniors to start their future. Mm. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good to see some more names splashing around the front pages, though. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, exactly. Yeah. 
All right, boys, Glenn Stewart. I've been touching on him the past couple of weeks now. Manly fans, look, he's pretty much gone. You've got to resign to the fact that he's gone. I can't keep everybody. But uh, my mail is that uh, he could be off to the Raiders. So the Raiders look like they're getting the checkbook out and after every time Dick and Harry this year. Mm, that's an interesting one. I mean, they've got a pretty good back row there at the moment. Um, so throw Glenn Stewart in the mix, and he's definitely in the twilight of his career. I uh, hope they're not paying overs for him, put it that way. Injury prone. Mm. Remains to be seen how he plays without um, those good halves around him um, with his brother. So that'd yeah. be interesting. And Milford's walking yeah. out the door. So, you know, he, he loves playing uh, with a decent fullback running off him. Like Brock said, I think the halves. And the other thing I don't kind of get for anyone that probably watches the 20s over there, they're loaded. they got Patrick Mato, uh, Tavita Pengai. They're, they're really loaded up in junior back rollers and obviously you've seen Vaughn Fensum just re-signed Papali so uh, yeah pretty much more on that oversight thing I hope they're not paying too much yeah well that's just it boys and look you'll fit in well with the camera lads because they're all bloody injury pain as well <laughs> yeah pretty much every, exactly four, every right. four day boy gets hurt yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Now, I'm hearing that there's plenty of dramas coming out of Cronulla and it's not nothing to do with Asada. Well, well, not indirectly anyway. And look, boys, they're having a lot of troubles um, attracting any players. They've just about started negotiations with every Tom, Dick and Harry and everyone said, no, thank you. Player managers are getting to the point where they won't even talk to the Sharks. Now, I know the Sharks are chasing big Timmy Grant and they're also keen on Mick Ennis as well. But, wow, um, <laughs> I don't think they'll be signing anyone soon with all their dilemmas. So what's the reason for them not just probably... Oh, I, I can't really blame them, the whole situation, sending a client into that. It just seems like a bit of a wildfire at this point, Tom. Mm. Yeah, it's a bag of lollies, and the lollies are pretty full in the bag. It's just... It's the starter, it's the coach, it's... Um, look, it's there in the club, it doesn't have a lot of money, they don't have sponsors. Um, just unsettled. Yeah, wow. And you, you look at it from a uh, perspective of a player manager and a player at the same time not, not only are they going for top dollar but they're also trying to put their clients in the best possible place move forward to continue being a valuable asset and I think right now if you're a player manager you wouldn't really be advising anyone is it also probably also situation. because they, they're worried about the money not being guaranteed would that be a part of it Absolutely, absolutely. And, I mean, you look at a club like Penrith and they know where they're going to be in five years. Where's Cronulla going to be in five years? I mean, honestly. Hashtag five-year plan. Yes. Right field in <laughs> yeah, bingo right there. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> well, Uncle, Lu- Uncle Louie, I've been giving him a lot of happy mail the past couple of weeks, but maybe some mail he won't be too keen with. Yeah. And that's uh, yeah, Kevin Proctor. He looks like he's going to leave the club. And um, I'm hearing he's going to link up with the Dragons. They're very keen. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not really surprised. When I when I looked at all the names that were off, I kind of thought uh, he, he might be the one, if not maybe Tohu, just because I thought Tohu was pretty fresh and had a good year last year. But uh, if, if we're going to trade one out, as long as they don't let Tohu Harris go, I think he can fill that hole straight away. But Kevin Proctor, massively underrated. Uh, I don't think he gets anywhere near the credit he deserves and I watched last year for his 100th game what a lot of the players had to say about him they absolutely love him and I agree he, he does a lot of dirty work that goes unnoticed yeah he's uh, he's an unsung hero that uh, side anyway he often runs that lead runner um, for the shape for Cooper Cronk and uh, it's more often than not him that attracts a man that gives him the space on the outside for Billy Slater or Chambers or whoever's scoring the try so there's a lot of things he does also defensively he fixes a lot of problems for Melbourne but I guess if they've got Harris there um, and they've got you know, Kenny Bromwich, you've got a couple of young guys there. It's obviously just salary cap squeeze, especially with Smith re-signing for, obviously, big money. So Yeah, he, he deserves squeeze a payday. He's been good for us. He probably hasn't been on huge coins, so good luck to him. Yeah.
Yeah, that's fair enough. And uh, contrary to everyone's thoughts, mate, the Bulldogs do have a salary cap, and as we know, they've lashed out for Big Andrew Fafita, so they're going to have to release a few. Now, I'm hearing Sam Cassiano again. Um, his manager's manager is shopping him around. Um, Cronulla are keen, but I don't think they're keen for him to go to Cronulla. Cronulla. And also one, one that's sort of left field, boys, that's <laughs> Kristen Inu. Um, I'm hearing that he might be off to the Tigers. So. I could do it this they could do the centre. Keith Leilua is their gun centre. I spoke to somebody tonight about this, and I said, honestly, regardless of what you think of Lou Leo, he's solid. He's not spectacular. But, Chris, you know, you either get absolute fireworks or you just get nothing. So you're going to get more than what you get out of Keith Leilua. I'd rather have someone who's just solid week in, week out than mm. the basket case he seems to be. And he has this syndrome. Where basket he, case. Well, he turns up first year. I don't know if it's new surroundings and new people, and he plays like a champion. Well, maybe if you just sign him to a one-year deal. Well, that's what I said tonight. I go, you should just club, club hop every year and he might play all right. He seems to need a new environment every year. Where are you going next year, Chris? He gets bored. He gets bored too easily. Uh, fighting around the world, Chris. And he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but he just, he has, when's he put together two years? He's never put together two years. Fair cool. Yeah, that's fair enough. And that's all I've got, lads. Well, I like that. I'm starting to get excited now. All these little yeah. bits and pieces, and you know, some players that you would, wouldn't have thought of starting to. You're getting a sore arm stirring that pot, guys. Trying good. to hop I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's tops. Yeah, yeah, it's been good this week. Mm. Well, onto the tipping, and uh, unfortunately, we've fallen behind again. Brock got yeah. six, we both got five, so he's now on 14. You're on 12, and I'm on 11. So we're running last as usual. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, let's 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 have a look at how things are going to go down this weekend. It kicks off on Friday night, Allianz Stadium, the grand final rematch between the Sydney Roosters and the Manly Seagulls. Brock, uh, no foreign for Manly. Uh, I'm going the Roosters. Gone the Roosters. I've gone the Roosters. They were lucky to get out of jail last week, but they're slowly improving. Yeah, well, Parramatta were lucky to get out of jail as well. Yeah. Oh, not Parramatta, sorry. Manly. Buddy Manly were lucky to get out of that one, but yeah. uh, I think they're starting to build nicely after having you know pretty much everyone out for the preseason, a couple of games under their belt, and that win would have done them a world of good. Gossip. Yeah, short turnaround for Manly as well. What's that, buddy? Short turnaround for Manly as well. Yeah, Coming yeah, up yeah. on the afternoon game as well, so you think the Roosters would do them quite comfortably? Yeah, the Roosters. So we go a three-peat again. The other Friday night game, the Dragons and the Broncos uh, over there at Wynn Stadium. I think this one's going to be a good game as well. Friday night has just been uh, brilliant in the early going, but how do we see this one going, Brock? I like the dra- I like the Broncos. Yeah, I like the Broncos. You beat the Broncos? Um, I think the Broncos have played better sides. Uh, this is probably the litmus test for um, Steve Price and the Dragons. I know it's at Wynn, but um, the Broncos have had the long turnaround. Uh, I just I like the Broncos. Mm, fair enough. Gossip, what do you think, champion? Yeah, look, I'm going to go the Broncos as well. Um, coming off that, that heart-wrenching loss, uh, I think they'll be up for it. Mm, they played well last week to get no result. I know they switched off but, for the yeah. last five minutes. but Yeah, well, that was pretty much what was going to get me across the line. I look today, it's pretty much all unchanged. Uh, Maguire's back in, which is a plus. I thought they were lacking a fr- another front row last week to go with the mm. Roosters. and uh, St. George really let me down. I was expecting... A derby game or not, and I know it was night time weather, which you suggested earlier, Brock might have hurt them, but uh, mm. I, I was just really disappointed. I, I think they should have put the Sharks to the sword. I think the Dragons struggle at, at night. Um, I don't know why. That's just a personal opinion, but yeah, I think they struggle at night. Oh, well, Saturday we kick off uh, the New Zealand Warriors over at Westpac Stadium versus the Tigers. Um, this one, we'll flip a coin. I think so far the Tigers have been the better side, but at the same time, the Warriors got a win last week. They're at home, so... 
Uh, I'm going to go the Warriors with absolutely zero confidence. I really, really wanted to tip the Tigers. I'm still talking to myself right now about it. Mm, yeah, I'm going to tip the Tigers. I think um, on exposed form, uh, they played all right last week, the Warriors, but I want to I want to see them win back-to-back games and show me that they're back into form. I think the Tigers, they are really put South off their game. They're aggressive. I think they'll challenge the Warriors in the middle, and um, I see them winning over there. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Tigers as well, boys. I mean, I hate, I hate tipping the Warriors. You just don't know what side's going to turn up, you know. Um, I think the, the, the Tigers deserve to be favourites and the Tigers deserve to be tipped to win. $2.60, the Tigers. Any Warriors players, if you're listening right now, please, I need this one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sliding. I'm sliding already. I could, I could have easily tipped the Warriors, but, I mean, just at the moment, I think the Warriors are eventually going to finish ahead of uh, the Tigers, but at the moment, on exposed form, you have to tip the Tigers, I think. No, I've, I've gotten it. I'm backing no, him. Right. I'm backing him in Kiwi, in Kiwi Land. I'm going to back him. That's why he ran last. But, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm three. I'm three one up in the line game, so it's all right. I'm winning something. We're evening it out. But uh, Saturday, it's at Pertec Stadium. It's the Battle of the West. It's the Parramatta Eels versus the Penny Panthers, and I think this game will finally have some decency about it. It's been all one way traffic for Penrith in recent years, but I reckon we're going to get a cracker game. I'm going to back the Panthers. Um, not with much confidence because I'm actually probably I'm, I think their attack's better at the moment than what Parramatta's is, but I'm drawn to Parramatta's defensive style. I love the aggression. I love the absolutely no respect that they showed me earlier. And I think uh, you know hopefully they keep it up for the most part of the year. But I'm, I'm really enjoying watching Parramatta play at the moment. Oh, well, Parramatta, no, they just they don't know how to win. Uh, Penrith, they should be three from three. They're unlucky in Melbourne. Um, I'm tipping Penrith. Yeah, look, the Panthers boys after three rounds, the best defensive team in the comp. Um, I just can't see where Parramatta can get their points from. Um, and look, the Panthers have had two nail biters um, in a row. And I think if it is a close one, as many people are predicting, uh, yeah, I think the Panthers will get them. I'll tell you where the points are coming from. Chrissy Sandow, yeah. Uh, he's <laughs> that's where that's where Penrith's points are coming from. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben Smith out too, over the Panthers fan. I'm very upset that he's out, Ben Smith. Mm, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a penguin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for about five penalties. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, the last Saturday game is at NIB Stadium over in Perth. The Bulldogs home game against the Melbourne Storm. Uh, Going to go Melbourne, simple. Three from three. I think they've been sloppy, but they just seem to get the job done. And the Dogs have had two games now where they've just parked themselves and thrown everything at attack and just have not got the job done. Mm. So I'm, I can't no. back them on attack. Yeah, Storm. Storm win. Storm are too good. Yeah, storm, storm by, uh, oh, I don't know, 12 plus. Brill, brill. Sunday, kicks off ANZ Stadium, South's <laughs> home game against the Raiders. I, oh, this one I just looked at, and I don't think this is going to be a good game. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's got ugly written all over it. This is going to be a battle of the, the chunks. It's going to be slow. The big, big fellas just bashing into each other. Yeah. Hit up against hit up, slow football. Um, oh. So who is South missing? They're obviously missing Luke. Well, did George Burgess get off his suspension? What's the guy there? I heard he's going to get a week. And yeah, get a week. That's yeah. what I'm hearing, too. Yeah. So he's Gornskis. They've got Apisai Coruscant playing at hooker for him. G.I. will be back. Coruscant's not a bad player. Coruscant's not bad, but he's not Isaac Luke. Well, I just, you look at the Raiders, and they stunk. They couldn't beat the Titans, who are yeah. possibly the worst team in the competition. You, you have to go South. And they've won two from three. So I've I got no idea, but I'm, I'm tipping South. But it would not shock me if the Raiders. But won. their front row rotations. And the Raiders, some, for some reason, like winning away from home more than they like winning at home at the moment. Because Dave Tyrrell is going to get more minutes in the front row. That's why I'm worried Superman about South. I'm, I'm very worried about that. When Superman gets a run, I get scared. <laughs> Gossip, what do you reckon, Chan? I'm going to go Raiders. I'm going to go Raiders. Yeah, I'm going to go Raiders. Yeah, 
I'm down the green machine, boys. I think well, we can't really call it an upset. So, um, <laughs> no, you can't. Because <laughs> the bunnies are missing so many players. But, the uh, yeah, the Rabbitohs are going to end up with more. The Rabbitohs are going to end up with more poo on them than Canberra. That's what you're saying. <laughs> oh. This poo fight. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like you said, it's going to be a slop fest. Yeah. All I know is if they got any, if if Canberra learned anything from last week, Ricky Stewart, if you're listening to the video room, just put a torpy up and take GI out. Problem solved. <laughs> Sacrifice somebody. Pick pick a seventeenth man on the bench. Just pick someone that's going in as a sacrificial lamb. Take GI down. Mm. Problem solved. Right. I think if South just fix their discipline, they should win. Yeah. Well, the Burgess just fix their discipline about that. Mm. But uh, the other oh, Sunday, like such a massive loss too. Mm. Oh yeah, massively. Uh, Sunday again. Hunter Stadium, Newcastle versus the Sharks. It's the bear of the noughties. Neither of them have got a win yet. Uh, I'm going Newcastle. I think this one's fairly easy. Why the three? <laughs> You'd love to see the Sharks win, but Mate, I would. I really <laughs> after, after, uh, if you saw me last night, who wants well, to pick it at Newcastle to get Wayne Bennett oh, sacked? This bloke. Mate, I want he's Kirk, got no soul. No respect for rugby league coaches. This Kirk Yeardley frustrated me last night. A lot of people frustrated me last night, but uh, I think the same thing I said earlier. If you're going to tell me who's got a bigger bag of problems, there's a lot more wrong. Uh, with Cronulla, like Gossip said earlier, bloody play manager won't talk to them. Uh, they've lost Fafita, they've lost him. They've got three internationals out, leashes out the door. They're not getting anyone back. Carney last week still looks uh, a bit shaky without Robson. I, I don't think a lot of people understand how much of a security blanket it is to stabilise things. And Newcastle may be missing a couple as well, but they're in a lot more stable position. So yeah, I'll go the Knights. I'm I going Newcastle. Also because it's up at Newcastle. Yeah. Is, their first, is it their first, first home game of the year? Newcastle? Uh, no, no. no, they played this game. round two there, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, they lost yeah. to Canberra there. Yeah. And they're going to be fired up too after the McKinnon debacle. That's true. Yeah, well, they should have some passion on their belt, hopefully. But hopefully it doesn't result in a massive penalty count again. Mm. But uh, Monday night wraps us up. Brock's boys, they're Titans at home at Seabus Super Stadium. We should be zero for And uh, they're versing the Cowboys. So a bit of a Queensland derby here. I'm going the Cowboys simply because... It's the Cowboys versus Albert Kelly, and I don't think Albert Kelly will get the job done this week. Yeah, um, I think the Titans will be strengthened if Aiden Caesar comes back, but even still, I think Cowboys on best form, they'll win by plenty. Bang. Yeah, you can't tell the Titans winning two in a row. No, no. They're due to get beat by 40. Yeah, they'll keep the pattern. They won round one against the Sharks, then they had their Barry Crocker, then they've won, they're due for another Barry Crocker. They rely on the bounce-back factor. <laughs> they do. He loves it. All right, well, uh, looking over the old rap sheet again, we're, we're pretty much boring all over besides that one game. So the Tigers-Warriors is going to be another point of differential. So either you two are going to s- skip away for... Oh, you're on the Raiders too. All right, then. I've got, got the green machine, so... Mm. All right, well, you've got me there. Hopefully, come on, Warriors, listen to me. Just do the job, please. <laughs> Papa needs a new pair of dancing shoes. <laughs> Alrighty, buddy. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, plenty cooking up. Hopefully, a lot more coming into the the email box in recent future. And uh, in recent future, recent future. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I've lost the plot. Mm. I've got an Arvo brain. Leave me alone. Mm. Oh yeah, I've got. Uh, <laughs> I'm not the tree. I'm not the kid who fell out of the tree. I'm just not there. Oh, I'm a, just not there. That's a bloody good animal. <laughs> and he, he, he bloody got a hold of him and he just ripped off his little canaskas and the, 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 the big fella's fallen over. So I just thought, that's a bloody ripper of an animal, isn't it? <laughs> oh, outstanding. All right, buddy. Talk Thanks. next week. All right, mate. Talk more. See you, mate. A big thanks, as always, to Mr. Gossip for coming on. If you want to hit up his page on Facebook, just head up to the search bar and type in NRL Gossip. And on Twitter as well, his handle is at NRL Gossip. A big thank you also must go out to Andrew Brown, our correspondent from SportingBet.com. And a massive thank you to SportingBet.com, who help us give away free bets every week, as well as our charity bet. Uh, We're still working 
on charities. We've had a million suggestions, so we're going to have to narrow it down eventually as to who we're going to give the money to. But a big thank you to sportingbet.com. And remember, there's no better bet than a sporting bet. But for now, that wraps it up another episode. So if you want to hit us up on Twitter, it's at fifth and last. That's the letter N, not the word and. The email is fifth and last podcast at hotmail.com. And on Facebook, head up to the search bar and type in fifth and last NRL podcast. Uh, we're still posting the podcast on Podomatic as well as Audioboo, our uh, new home. So the transition is going pretty well so far. We've still got about half and half split. And uh, iTunes, obviously, uh, you've got that message and we're, we're still trying to push that through. If you were subscribed to iTunes, you do need to unsubscribe, type our name in again on there and resubscribe to get onto the new feed. But for now, guys, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.